I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are discussing the third Crescent City novel, House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Mass. I quite literally have so many things to say. And none of it is and, organized know, in my brain. And it's like, it's some of it's not good either is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it. But Some of it's a, a little hateful towards this Sarah This was Janet. a very... <laughs> Sarah Janet, you have disappointed us a little. A little bit. A little bit, but you can't be perfect. Um, this book was really anticipated, though. It was, it was a hit. You know, little fun fact is I had ordered the exclusive version from Target. It was the Rune and Lydia chapter. And they did accidentally send me two copies, which was kind of so fun. I got one faux free. <laughs> so it's how we got one. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off by reading the back of the book. It so, actually is pretty highly rated on Goodreads, a 4.3. Well, okay. Yeah, we'll talk We'll talk about it. It's not a bad book <clears throat> by, any, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But... No, it's not bad, but I'm surprised that people liked it as much as they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the back of the book says, Bryce Quinlan never expected to see a world other than Midgard, but now that she has, all she wants is to get back. Everything she loves is in Midgard, her family, her friends, her mate. Stranded in a strange new world, she's going to need all her wits about her to get home again. And that's no easy feat when she has no idea who to trust. Hunt Athalar has found himself in some deep holes in his life, but this one might be the deepest of all. After a few brief months with everything he ever wanted, he's in the Asteria's dungeons again, stripped of his freedom and without a clue as to Bryce's fate. He's d- desperate to help her, but until he can escape the Asteria's leash, his hands are quite literally tied. Yeah. Their hands are tied? Yeah, yeah, it's it a good one. Hand? Good one, Sarah. Oh, man. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, that's it. Oh, the rest that's of it. it. Yeah, okay. the rest of it's like in this sexy, breathtaking, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. In this yeah. feature film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right let's get into it get into it yeah so what <laughs> would you rate this book um okay so I didn't hate this book I just want to preface that I, I did not hate this book I just think it fell a little flat for me um so I did give it like a 7.64 out of 10 and I did that because like while it was like a well-written book it didn't feel complete to me. And I know she is going to continue writing more stories and stuff, but it just like the Bryce and Hunt storyline did not feel finished. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we rushed a bunch of stuff. Absolutely. And I have a lot of questions still, which maybe she'll answer in future books. I don't know. But I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. (laughs) I did feel the same way. Uh, Hunt and Bryce were not my favorite in this book. No, and, and I, just, we'll I talk don't think more I liked them. Yeah, but I would rate this book about an 8.2 out of 10. I was having a good time while I was reading it, but it did leave a lot to be desired, uh, I think. Okay, I would give the first quarter of the book like a 9.6 out of 10. Yeah, like I was the first quarter of the, the first. book I was rocking with. Mm-hmm. But everything after them getting off that ship, I didn't give a fuck about. Well, you know where things honestly fell apart for me is when they were, oh my God, why can I not think? When they were in the meat market and mm. like the fight and everything, when Ethan accidentally punched Sigurd's throat out, I was yeah. like, 
okay. And like, and I was hyped. I was like, okay, this is like lit as fuck. And then I feel like shit just immediately fell apart right there. It's just like, like we lost the plot quite literally, but <laughs> nothing made sense after that. Yeah. That's where, that's where I got lost. Although I was, I was enjoying the entire time Bryce was in Prithian. I thought that was pretty oh, yeah. hype. I thought that was great. I, um, you know, there were some really awesome aspects of the story too um, that we'll talk about later. But just you know, with the battle with the kings and mm-hmm. um, you know, getting some of that background regarding like Thea and stuff, like that was awesome. I loved that history, but yes. the rest of it I could have done without. I think. Yeah. Well, um, we'll start by just kind of jumping into the characters. Kick us off with yeah. Bryce. You know, um, <laughs> she kind of pissed me off in this book. She was pissing me off. And I do, like, I get it. Yeah. She was trying to, she was trying to get shit done. Like, she was tired. She wanted it over. Like, an alien level tired. Yeah, and I do get that. And I draw, like, uh, you, a lot of parallels can be drawn between Aelin and Bryce um, in this particular uh, part of the story. Like, they're just tired. They're they're scheming. They're pulling off little schemes, not telling their most trusted people about them because they're worried shit's not going to work out. And it's just causing, it's causing a lot of havoc. So I think she tried to brace, brace. I think she tried to base Bryce too much off of Aelin. It mm-hmm. felt a little like redone. And Bryce didn't really have the history to like back it up. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, like, a long time coming for Aelin. Like, she had been through a lot, like, sh- like a lot. And, like, over the course of the series, like, it was a huge, like, growing um, yeah. character development for her. Whereas with Bryce, it's like, we've had these three books, which honestly have all happened in less than, like, six months, it feels like. Yeah. And, like, that's just not enough time for, like, that character development. And And for her to become, like, this actual, like, badass. Yeah, it just, it felt very, like, sloppy. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, yeah, she just doesn't have the the background to support that, um, that level of scheming and manipulating and, because, like, She's outsmarting people who have been doing this for centuries. Like, she outsmarts the Autumn King. She outsmarts fucking everybody. And And I'm not saying she's not clever. No, she absolutely is. Clearly. Clearly she is. But it doesn't quite make sense why she is that clever. Because she's, like, what? 25 yeah and like i don't even know if it's like the age for me i just i don't know i don't think we got to know the character enough to understand like her doing stuff like that whereas with aelin like we watched her grow up and like she had to learn very quickly how to manipulate those situations yeah whereas with bryce she's just like oh i did this because i'm a fucking genius i'm like okay yeah yeah for me like i guess i put a little emphasis on the age i just meant like relative to like everyone else but yeah yeah like she doesn't have like the experience to make that make sense right whereas yeah aelin was raised to be and you know without giving anything away like Aelin was raised to get like to be manipulative and and calculating yeah so and for those of you who don't know we're talking about another Sarah J Mass series so we're not gonna like spoil anything but 
that character is also oh, similar God, to I Bryce. Just I just realized we never actually read those books on here. Yeah. Oh, so oh, no. I, sorry guys. I, I'll have to listen back, make sure we didn't give anything away, but she's just a similar character to Bryce in that she um, kind of pulls off these schemes and, and outsmarts a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but for her character, it makes more sense than for Bryce's long story short. I did think she was like so funny though. Like I, I've always loved her internal monologue. It's hilarious. She had some really good one-liners and like she had a way of like adding that comedic timing to mm-hmm. the book, regardless of like what was going on. Like anytime she would talk with like the um demon kings or like sorry, the seven yeah. princes of hell. Yeah. Like that was always hilarious. Or like when she would talk with like her father or oh um, the king of event, like the stag king. Like yeah. She is, she's really fucking funny. Yeah. I love Bryce. And she's also hilarious when she's in Prithian, even though she (laughs) probably like, actually we do know she is scared shitless when she's there, but she, she keeps up that witty carefree like persona. And she's just a girly in her bright pink sneakers trying to get shit done. That was so funny to me. Just walking through the caves of Prithian and your, your sneaks. I just kind of felt like there were multiple times though where she should have been dead. Like, I feel like if it were under any other circumstances, like, she would have just been, like, smited off the face of the <laughs> earth. Like, well, there's no... <laughs> she certainly escaped Reese's... Oh, my God. Reese's wrath. <laughs> like, a couple I times. kind of feel like maybe he was not lenient on her, but, like, if I were in his... I probably killed her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably wants to. If he ever sees well, he her face now. again, it's on site. It's on site. <laughs> uh, I did kind of feel like she was really mean to Hunt. She, yeah. <laughs> in this book. She well, first of was. all, they're a very toxic couple. I've stood by that all three of these books at this point. Like, I, <laughs> I don't enjoy them. I don't think they belong together. I still don't think they belong together. Um, But, like, I don't think I liked when he was like, I kind of have a lot going on. Like, mentally she was like okay well you know what i was stuck in another dimension it's like yeah but he also was like beat to shit yeah he was like, also tortured for i mean not only I'm was sure he tortured was scared but... yeah but like this is also not the first time he's been tortured and so he's completely being re-traumatized yeah um and she's not again. she's not sympathetic to that and i didn't love that it's like i'm sure she was very scared and, like, she did learn a lot of, like, very devastating news. But also, for her yeah. to be like, you're not bought into this. Like, fuck no, he's not bought into this. Like, Yeah, like, he just literally, like, he just spent the past few months of his life finally being happy. Like, having a cute little normal relationship with his girlfriend. And all of a sudden, he's thrown back into a dungeon while she's fucking teleported to another world. Like, you don't think he needs a minute? Like, relatively well taken care of. Like... You know, for the most part, she was okay. She was, and I am not saying that she is not also justified in in being traumatized and feeling traumatized. She absolutely is. However, I think that she just did not did not support him well in no. in this entire book. And I didn't love to see it. It hurt my heart. I hated it. Yeah, I hated it when she was like, you're not fucking bought in. You're not, you're not into this. I'm like, stop. Yeah, like, like, fuck, like, leave him alone. And he literally has 
given up everything. For like, her. I'm not even sure if we should be doing like you're not sure if we should be doing this. Like, yeah. leave him then, girl. Like, leave him alone. Actually, I know. I don't even like Hunt. <laughs> I know, but it hurt. It still hurt to see him attacked like that. Like, um, I guess I am glad they got their happy ending, but. I don't know. <laughs> I am, but I feel like I couldn't even enjoy it because of how, like, when the going got tough, like, she was shitty to him. So shitty. So shitty. And it hurt my feelings. And I actually do, I do want to talk about Hunt really quick, too, because, like, I feel like his character outside of him being with Bryce really did come through a lot more in this book. Like, yeah. In the first book, obviously, he was, like, the unremortis. He was very serious. He was trying to overcome his anxiety when it came to, like, being owned, being enslaved and stuff. And so you did actually see a lot of character growth with him. And then in book two, like, I feel like it did kind of level off a little bit. I I wasn't wild about him in book two. But book three, I don't know. Like, when he was being, like, on his own independent, like, I loved his character. I did and too. I thought he was funny and I thought like what he was thinking was very rational and like not only you know was he enslaved this whole time but he's found out like he was basically like a petri dish baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> from uncle daddy's. From uncle daddy's and like he's dealing with a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay? He's been fucking through it. I have uh, liked his character I think I personally like Hunt a little bit more than you do like just between the two of us but I do understand where you're coming from is like especially in the second book he's very like he's just serving as a support for Bryce the entire second book like he's not really his own like he he just isn't really coming into himself much until this third book because also the first and second book he is extremely traumatized and he is still dealing with a lot yeah he's still trying to find himself and find the ability to be himself again and in the third book um we do kind of get to see how he's been healed I mean obviously it's a lot of it's undone whenever he's thrown back into the dungeon right but he's been healed he's able to form like this camaraderie with Rune and Vaxian and we just see a different side of him yeah i also like i really enjoyed his sense of humor more in this book too towards you know the middle end like it didn't come through as much obviously because he was you know trying to fight both sides of himself basically on figuring out what to do and um how to support bryce and blah 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 but like while they were in the dungeon and like the beginning like he was hilarious yeah and i know he was using humor as like a coping mechanism but like it was cracking me up it was so he was so real for that you know i do have one thing and this is very important one thing where his character regressed in the third book and that is the fact that his foot fetish went away you're so right like where did it go where did it go how dare she? She knows what she did too. Like she knows she we pussied out raving for. Like we wanted it. We wanted it at this point, Sarah. You had convinced us that it was a good thing, and then yeah. you took it away. You were like, "I'm gonna, I'm going to. They're gonna hate it at first. I'm going to make them love it and find it charming, and then I'm gonna take it away." 
I don't know if I ever found it charming, but <laughs> I thought I thought it was it was a part I of who was he was. Really cute. I thought it was like give him his little piggy's toes. He's earned them. Piggy dipping. But <laughs> overall, I kind of don't blame Hunt. I I think his uh thoughts and feelings are justified. Did I think he was being a little bit of a crybaby at times? For sure. But <laughs> also, like, I get why. I get why, too. And it seems like Bryce was just, like, ignoring the why. Like, she was not willing to acknowledge the fact that he was justified. But I also think that was really good writing on Sarah's part. Because whenever it was from Bryce's kind of point of view or from her, like, you know, eyes looking in, it's like, yeah, why is he being like this? Like, why is he being such a little bitch? But then when we would get it from Hunt's point of view, I'd be like, why is she being so mean to him? Like, yeah. And so, like, I really was rooting for both of them at one point. I know. Separately. Yes. And again, so not every character is supposed to be lovable. I think, Sarah, what she's done is she's created these complex characters. She does this in all of her books. She creates these characters who we absolutely fucking hate them at times. Like we're so sick of their shit. And then she'll do something. She'll write something that we're like, oh my God, how did I ever not care for you? How did I ever not understand you? Like she's just known for this. She creates very complex characters. Let's talk about (laughs) my boyfriend, my sweet, sweet baby. Speaking of, you know how I'm like, oh, like she writes these characters who you're pissed at at some yes. point or another. No, I he can do no wrong in my eyes. He has never once messed up. Yeah. Never, never. No. So like, like I, I was thinking about this the other day, like book one rune, I was just like, ew, what an overprotective, like brother didn't really love him. Didn't really think much about him, honestly, like up until like the point, like at the end of the book where they're like you know, going to bat for Bryce, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then book two, with his little opening chapter, there are three things, you know, <laughs> for my boy. Like, it was just, like, love at first sight from there. Yeah. Like, from that point on, he could do no wrong, in my eyes. I'm obsessed with him. I really, something that, well, first of all, was hilarious was, the the chapter where his hand got chewed off <laughs> um, i thought it was like so funny they're like the whole time in the dungeons obviously it's fucked up the torture scenes actually at times were a bit much they, they made me like a little sick to my stomach yeah they kind of were were spooky but what i think was like the the thing that pulled you through that is the friendship that was developing between yeah. the three men and Rune really, like, you got to see a side to him that you don't, I mean, you know that he has, like, his frat pack or whatever, but you don't really get to see, like, his super strong, like, friendship from his perspective um, in books one or two. Like, in my opinion, you, you don't really don't. get that. I so, think she she tells a lot about, like, how close he is with Declan and um, with Flynn, but... Like, he doesn't really touch on that much. Like, all we get is, like, basically her being like, yes, those are my brothers who I've been through a lot with. Yeah. But. And then it's, like, and mostly in the first couple of books, we're just, he's telling it as, like, previous things that have happened. Like, his mm-hmm. ordeal and stuff with them. Obviously, right. they're so close and they're brothers. But, like, with the dungeon scenes, it's, like, we get to live through it with them. And we get yeah. to see that bond being created. 
So I thought that was a really sweet side of him. Oh, Something yeah. that like really fucked me up though is like obviously he's having a hard time forgiving Lydia for obvious reasons. Like she did betray his trust. It wasn't intentional, obviously. She didn't know that they were going to be mated and it was going to hurt him when she decided to be like a double agent. But it really did hurt him. And what fucking broke my heart is the scene where Lydia gets them out and Oh my he's like, god. he's not ready to forgive her yet. Obviously, he's still hurting. But then she is fully like she is in the process of sacrificing herself to save him. And he like the instant regret and heartbreak that he feels when he realizes that like they're not He's going gonna to lose her. Yeah. Oh my God. I was unwell. Oh, that whole scene just made me ill. Ill. Made me ill. When <laughs> she like jumps off and she's like, I might make it. And then all of a sudden she like feels and hears like the bullet like go through. I was like, oh. Ill. Oh my God. Like as the hind died, I was like, she did not. She did not die. <laughs> I think I texted you because you were ahead of me at that point. And I was like, died? <laughs> like forever? <sighs> yeah, that shit hurted. You know what else like truly I think was just such a special moment was like Rune getting to like strike the killing blow like to his father. Like <gasps> yeah. that was so powerful. That was. And like you just you felt so many different emotions for him because like he wanted a father figure like he wanted a father that cared for him and he wanted that relationship with him and knew he was never going to get it and so i'm i'm sure that was just such a bittersweet moment for him <laughs> because like he got to rid of his tormentor who you know tortured him and belittled him and made him you know basically like lack the confidence he needed in himself but like on the same token like that was his father it broke my heart for him it did but it also felt like such a pivotal point for him obviously yeah there is a heartbreaking layer to it but it's like such a like he's what taking a back power too. yeah 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 this man who is liberating himself what really like drove that scene home is that the fact whenever Bryce was in the Autumn King's like house and she went into Rune's old room and like found the the bomb that Rune mm-hmm. would use like on his burns from yeah. when the Autumn King burned him as a child yeah like chef's fucking kiss I actually while we're talking about it the battle with the kings really quick that whole thing was perfect oh yeah oh yeah like they're they're bullies the fake kings are bullies for the entire first like couple books and then the fact that bryce and rune just like, absolutely slay them in like five seconds i'm like oh poor Bob's dad was such a cunt like yes he sucks and god like cormac deserved better too like rune and cormac both oh my oh. god it made me like even like sadder for cormac and I'm I'm glad he's free of his father because what a piece of work. I hope he and Sophie is. are frolicking in the afterworld together. I know. I'll touch on that later. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> um so obviously when we have Rune, you also have Lydia, who I think honestly became probably 
one of my favorite, if not my favorite character in this story. Yeah. Like, she truly <clears throat> stole the show. She um, did. She is what I wanted Bryce to be. Yeah. And I think I'm partial to her as well because, again, in that previous book series that Sarah has written, it's revealed in this book that Lydia is, um, like, she of shares a bloodline blood uh, as the, that character, Aelin, and uh, everyone loves Aelin. Everyone is fucking rooting for her <laughs> rooting for Aelin so like by default I feel like Lydia is just automatically like I loved. love her <laughs> yeah um what I really didn't love for like from a plot point was how Sarah wrote in Lydia's like secret twin boys that she had yeah I do want to like kind of talk about it from a couple angles because first of all what was really cool is for those of us who have read the Throne of Glass series is like really having it solidified that that, that it is that same bloodline from that um, other world, basically. And so that in that way, the boys did serve a purpose because one of them was named after the king who Lydia and this other character are descended from. So that part's cool. Do I think it was worth it? To do it in that way, not necessarily, because uh, the rest of them, like, existing for me was, like, pointless. Yeah, and it was, like, really, they were just used, first of all, for, like you said, the shock value. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, she's related to her. But I guess also to move the story along in terms of, like, it gives her something else to lose besides Rune and, like... yeah. And I, they needed to kill Pollux off, basically. And, like, yeah, so I know Sarah was using it for a couple reasons. For one, she was trying to, like, justify what Lydia was doing. She was trying to justify her role as the hind. But I think it would have been perfectly justified for her to be doing it just to be a secret agent, like a double yeah. agent. She didn't I was to be also fully on board. Yeah, she, like, I mean, and it's fine. Like, again, like, there, it's not like it hurt the story, I just was kind of like, but it's like I didn't need a more buy. Like I didn't need more buy-in for that. Like I was already fucking sold book two when I was like, oh, she's just double agent. She's serving the rebellion by acting as the hind, and I was like, yeah, it's fucked up. But like all's fair in love and war, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was fully sold. You didn't have to convince me. No. Um, I didn't, I didn't care about those her. little bitches. I didn't, yeah, because they, you know what, her little boys. They were terrible. Assholes, bro. Little ankle biters. <laughs> God, I mean, that just goes to show teenage boys are kind of the fucking worst. But um, also, yeah, the the other reason she wrote it was to kind of like somehow give like Pollux an in back into the, you know, having that big villain moment of, oh, ho, ho, I've kidnapped your your sons. So now you have no <laughs> choice. It's like, what a fucking himbo dick bag like yeah. ew <laughs> yeah oh um he's so just icky he's uh, just icky the the fan art person that we love created a Pollux fan art who is that I can't remember her name right now is it Mad Schofield uh no but I do love her as well the one who does the dirty ones sometimes oh um Elysiana Elysiana, yes. Elysiana had like a Pollux fan art because she's been doing like everyone in Crescent City. I love her. And the comments were the comments were not it. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone was like, 
<laughs> into him. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like he's evil. Put he's it evil. away, girls. Put it away, ladies. He is a bad, bad man. Like so bad. He's so bad. And he's, like we've read about some pretty bad people. Like he's just bad. He's, he's bad all man. around bad. He has zero redeemable qualities. And being hot <laughs> does not count as a redeemable quality. And like I thought it was so real of Lydia to be like, no, I actually chose to sleep with him. Like that's on me. Um, I have <laughs> nothing better to do. <laughs> well, yeah, she was like fucking hating her life. Yeah, she's like, might as well. I'm into it. So, and then she kind of regretted it and was like, this she did. Turned but into like, a horrible thing. At least she was like, I'll own up to that one. Yeah, and and Elisiana has showed us just why she she gave in. He's yeah. an attractive, attractive. He's, he's the hottie. Um, he's a hottie. But overall, him. loved her. Loved her. Yeah, obsessed with Lydia. Um, I want to talk about Ethan. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about Ethan. Ethan loves Sunball so much. <laughs> he does? More than any other person in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunball really <laughs> takes the cake there. Um, wow, I didn't even know he played. Yeah, like, you wouldn't know it just by looking at him, but he's actually very <laughs> devoted to the game. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, pretty much all you need to know about Ethan. <laughs> I'm just I, kidding. I hated him this week. Like, what a fucking twerp. Like, <laughs> he's so fucking dumb. Speaking of himbo. He's so fucking dumb. Oh my God. He is the ultimate himbo. He does not have a single thought behind those eyes. He truly like, is a golden retriever of a man. Like, just dumb as fuck. He's like, this girl, this girl is related to Danica and we have to make her important. And it's like, no, you don't. You actually don't need to do that. He was like, well, she's an alpha, but I am too. And our our alpha wolves inside, they really don't get along. But like, I'll I'll, I'll do it. But I'm willing to make it work. And it's like, why are you? Why are you doing that? I hate him. No one asked you to do that. <laughs> That's like, the thing. No one asked you to do that. It's like maybe his motivation is just how like he feels that he's failed his brother. He feels he's failed the pack. But it's not enough. That's not enough of a motivator for me for you to just completely go Ditch off your the rails. Friends. Like he's like, I know you guys have a very important thing to do. You're going to a Valen and you're going to fight the Asteri. I have to go find the heir of the Fendir line um, and revive to restore her. the wolves. And it's like this is actually a little more important. Perhaps. It was wild too because he went all he went as far as to go up to the boat and be like, actually, everybody, yeah, good luck with the rescue mission. Yeah, like good fucking luck. I actually am gonna, it's pretty important. So I'll just catch you afterwards. Hope you make it. And it's like after like basically calling Therian out this whole time, be like, you're a fucking coward and blah blah. And then he doesn't even go. Yeah. The, okay, so, but Therian is a coward. He's Ethan's a coward. right, but, like, okay, Pot, calling the kettle black. Also, why don't y'all just make out about it? Just why make out a why little. Why don't you just fucking bang it out, you know? Why don't you just kiss and make up? I got that. love with each other. Love you guys. But, <laughs> unfortunately, I feel like Sarah is setting us up for not an Ethan-Therian romance, because it seems like she's implying I think that Perry is his mate. I was I, getting... Well, I don't even. Or, well, 
I don't know how common mates are like in this universe. Um, I think him and Perry are definitely going to get together because she's a little cutie. I love her. She's um, cute. And she's very sweet, but I think she's very special as well. Um, mm-hmm. just with her whole well, she smells chain- like strawberries and cinnamon. Um, and cinnamon, which is a weird combination. <laughs> That's a weird combination. But he kept saying he had smelled it before. Mm-hmm. And but is then he a like, bloodhound. I don't know. Oh no, he just he just unleashed his power. Yeah. But when she took the thing, like it changed her scent, but then it went back to normal and they don't know why. And so I was like, oh, foreshadowing for the next book. I suppose. Right. Yeah, something important. Like, but what are you, girl? But also, like, what a wild thing to like make him in charge of like all of the wolves. It like he is the most indecisive scaredy cat boy I've ever <laughs> seen. And they're like, you know what? You're going to make a really good prime. The old ass senile dog is like, this This is the boy that we want. <laughs> and it's like, okay, maybe we should like think about this because this dude is blind, deaf, and also ancient. <laughs> and can we just also, while we're talking about the prime, let's discuss that whole scene where there's oh just an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> because what Sarah did this book is she was like, Y'all have been waiting for these people to to die. Well, you know what? I'm gonna kill them real fast. You're gonna blink, and you won't and even know gone. what's happened. Um, the prime, Sabine, fucking dead like that. <laughs> so Sabine offs the prime immediately. Gruesome. That's her father. Okay? That's her fucking That's dad. Her dad killed him. Monster. But, but then Secret comes out of the fucking left behind. On all fours, <laughs> jumps the crowd on top of the dead man's body and just mouth to mouth sucks out his soul. She said, let me get that while it's good, like, while it's fresh. I was like, oh my God, like let's add insult to injury here. She is making out this dead man. <laughs> I just yeeted herself over. <laughs> For everybody. I was truly horrified at many points during this book. My jaw dropped. It was on the floor. <laughs> I was alarmed, to say the least. Like, what a feral child they've unleashed here. Um, yeah, like, do you have any regrets, Ethan? Or are you just like, no, this like, is this is what I was trying to do? That was scary. <laughs> there, yes, it was. That was so scary. <laughs> And uh, speaking of secret, the scene when Ethan, like, accidentally murders her, that also just, like, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, I just punched out her throat. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> just punched out her throat. Poor, sweet, the precious The air defend your line? Yeah, like, oh, my God. Like well, I just didn't pull my hand back fast enough. Uh, okay. That like, was also so wild because I thought, I was like, oh, what's really going to happen is they're, they're going to somehow, like, be like, no, we refuse to fight to the death and, like, take on the Viper Queen. No. 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 Seagrid's like, yeah, I'll take your little pussy ass down right now. I'll do it. And I will spit on your grave as well. And then Ethan had the nerve to feel bad after he killed her. He was like, oh, I know she doesn't actually want this. And it's like, no, she does. She wants this. No, she wanted to kill you. Like, she was about to kill you. 
I did, I did really like the scene though. First of all, like with him and Jessica, like that was really cute. She took him on as her little potty assistant. Like she's like, oh, he's so dumb and so so fragile. Like Jessica's just know, like me for real. Because I would be like, like, oh my god, he's so cute. Yeah, I just want to sit and watch him lift heavy things. <laughs> and you know she was. She was just like she leaned had back her in her cameras chair. just pointed directly on him and his muscles. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, look at his butt when he lifts that. Take your shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> She like cranked the heat up so he would start She's taking like, oh, his he's clothes glistening. off. Yeah, no, she was doing that from her office for sure. Yeah, um, but I did think that was very nice. It was also very sad though that she was having him do that because she knew she was gonna die. I was like, oh, okay. She was like, well, we can't like we can't like raise the alarms. We gotta just it's business free as labor, usual. baby. Yeah. Um, I also really really loved the scenes with Ethan and Connor in the bone mm-hmm. quarter loved that we got to see Connor again I thought it was very heartwarming and I'm glad they got to have that closure Hypaxia actually gets to do whatever she wants um um let's talk about Hypaxia because okay in the first book I loved Hypaxia I was like she is going to be so pivotal to this story and in oh, a yeah. lot of ways she was technically in this in book. book two in book two she i feel like in book two she was but like, yeah well technically even in this third book she is pivotal to what she happens. was yeah i was so disappointed because like she's this character she's got all this depth that you know she's had a lot of character development we love her we feel she's so special and then in this book she's it's a like, coward too oh, well not only is she a coward but also like everything is so surface level it's like yes. oh yeah the witches they kicked her out she runs she flees and then she's like you know in the bone quarter swears her allegiance or whatever we don't even really find out what the fuck the details were on that but she seems it was the shady quickest it. like the quickest yeah pledge they've ever seen because they were like yeah it's supposed to take forever and like it doesn't with her like so and what was going on done in about 10 minutes and then she fucking kills the under king or whatever the fuck his name is takes over she's like oh guess i'm in charge now like, Find keepers and then also the whole thing with finding the antidote too it's like she found finds it in like an hour like so fast and then she was like ethan i need you to sacrifice yourself okay well actually ethan was just like let me do it actually yeah he he Ethan was like i'll try it (laughs) he's Um, like well i can't play sunball so fuck me right (laughs) yeah no the whole thing was just so well she's like oh i lost my ghost tutors i guess i'm gonna join the fucking undead like okay i forgot about the fucking ghost tutors fucking huge bumble for Ethan to be like, can you bring my dead friend back? And she's like, of course I can. She's like, oh God, it's a reaper. That's the thing is, she also kind of fucking sucks at necromancy. Like, <laughs> how did you mess that up? So I guess it wasn't all her fault. She because- like messes up every time she tries, she messes up. Like in, in every Sigrid, book so far. I think Sigurd's also just evil to her core. And so when she saw the opportunity to be like, I'm going to go through door number two instead. And then she was like, as soon as she had the opportunity to eat the prime soul, she was like, fuck yeah. I will never not think about that. It's so vile. (laughs) So Hypaxia did help them. But she's like, I'm so sorry. I got to stay here with my lab. Good luck to you guys over in wherever the fuck that is with the Asteri. Well, because also like she's in charge now. Of the 
I'm also trying to work it out with my evil girlfriend. Oh my god. Can we yeah, let's discuss the whole hypoxia and Celestina thing too. Because fuck. Ew. I hate Celestina now. Like I hate her. And the fact that hypoxia is like and okay. I say this and yet as soon as Sarah gives me a crumb of like justification, I'll be like, like, yeah, I love Celestina. She can do no wrong. Like that's the thing is Sarah writes these characters and she can just make you love them or hate them on a whim. Yeah. So I probably, there is a world where I could forgive Celestina, but she's done nothing to earn it so far. I mean, she did help them when it mattered that's but not they enough wouldn't for me even be in that position if she hadn't betrayed them yeah because that felt so that felt so fucking surface level when she was like oh well actually like here's the plan that i had and here's how i can help like you know the fallen or whatever it's like okay i was like then why why even betray them in the first place right. like you could have fucking plotted this and, like, carried this plan out, and they could have just taken on the Asteri with the element of surprise on their side. Right. Like, you're fake as fuck, bitch. She is. It. And it's like, Hypaxia, do better. You can do well, better. And Hypaxia, I feel like you deserve better. Your so. girlfriend's a hoe. Your girlfriend's a hoe, and she does some shady ass shit. You know who else I just is a hoe? Therian. Is a hoe. Um, when I got to chapter two and it was from his point of view, I about threw myself off of a building. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to hear it, Therian. Like a fucking jump scare. Chapter two, it's Therian being like, oh. And I think what breaks I my sold heart. My soul. What breaks my heart the most is how much I loved him in the first book. Yes. I loved his character in book one. He was there for Bryce and he was not afraid to, you know, show that Hunt fucked up. He was brave. Yeah. And he stood up for the people that he cared about. And then at some point, (laughs) he just stopped doing that. As much as, like, that he kept saying he didn't have any freedom with the River Queen, like, I felt like he kind of got to do whatever the fuck he wanted to in book one. And then yeah. I guess we got to see, like, how tight of a leash she actually held on him and stuff and whatever. And he was sad because his sister died. And that is sad. But, like, he just turned into, like, a little bitch boy crybaby. Yes. He was, like, on a leash with the River Queen. And because the only reason she let him, like, go to the surface in the first book was, like, he convinced her. Like, he basically told her, like, oh, I'm working on this thing for you because you want me to be. And also the second book, too, right, with, like, Sophie. He was like, yeah, you want me on this mission. I got to be up here. Got to go up top. (laughs) But I think what pisses me off the most is that he's like, oh, I want to be free or whatever. And then immediately goes to the Viper Queen. That made zero sense. Like, yeah. the fucking underwater thing was an option. That yeah. was an option to go on the submarine. And you wouldn't like, nah. be selling your soul to the Ocean Queen. You would just be, like, asking for her, like, like what do you call like it? Sanctuary. Asylum. Yeah. yeah. But and so... Like, no, this sounds better. Yeah, to, like, quite literally, like, blood bond yourself or whatever the fuck. Like... It made no sense. It really didn't. All. And it regressed him so far. And the and shit he, always, he pulled with Safia. bound to her for like a day. 
Yeah, actually. Like, literally, he was there for, like, less than a week. Yeah, and, like, doing her her venom drugs and shit. Yeah, and he was like, it's been 20 years. Oh, no, it's been a week, okay? Like, chill out. And what really solidified my pure disdain for this character is when he pulled the shit with Sathya. Yeah. And he's like, I'll marry her. The fuck you will? Like, dude, you're not even supposed to be here right now. Like, you're in some deep shit with the Ocean Queen right now. Like, you hopped on this boat like a freaking madman. And you put your friends at risk. Yeah. Oh. Oh, now you to be brave. Okay. And his friends were all like, what the fuck? Because, like, like, get off this fucking boat. If you compromise this fucking mission against the Asteria because you're a little piece of shit, oh my god. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, this sad, sad fey lady, like, she might be sadder than me. You know what? We can be sad together. And it's like, I'll save her. Shut the fuck no. up. Man. Well, and Safe feels like, you what a fucking loser. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Go get your wolf boyfriend. And both like, of you just need to chill the fuck out and sit down. And you know what really pissed me off about them not getting together is that, like, at the very beginning, Ariadne, she, like, read him to filth. And she was <laughs> like, wow, you really use, like, your attraction to women as, like, a shield. I was like, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Like, what do you know that I don't know? And I was like, okay. And I thought that was, like, the turning point where she was like, you are, like, overusing, like, your attraction and, like, flirting with women um, because you're secretly, like, hiding something. And I thought that meant, like, he was secretly hiding. Yeah. But then he married Sathya, so I don't know. Wait, I missed that, like, that interaction with Ari. I latched onto that for too long. Well, because we've been wanting, like, we, the two of us, I don't know about the rest of y'all, we need to look up I if there's fan fiction about this. They just have this undeniable chemistry, and they go to extreme lengths for each other. Like, Ethan yeah. is like, no, we're not leaving without Therian. We're not leaving the meat market until he's free from the Viper Queen. It's like, Why? Why? Uh, here's the thing, too. I think there was a clear turning point where I think Sarah J. Mass made a decision um, because, like, up to that point, like, she had made that comment from Ariadne about Therian and his shield of whatever, his flirtation. Mm-hmm. And then you had Ethan, who was, like, going above and beyond to rescue him. And then at one point, like... He got into a fight with everyone else. And so he went and slept next to Therian like the whole night. Oh my God. So, when Therian was like drugged on the, the Viper yes. Queen. And shit. so I was like, oh, okay. Like it's like they're in love. And I it's love that. Happening. But then it's like you get to the point where Ethan's getting ready to get on the boat with him. He's like, I have to go save Secret. And I was like, okay. She drew her line in the sand here. And there's just been too much like back and forth that I don't think it's going to happen. I'm personally hurt by that because i I feel like she She built it up she's built it up and maybe we'll still get it because it feels like their storyline is what like she has set them up both of them to have some kind of storyline development in another future book clearly and so it's like yes i feel like they could still end up together the only thing that's throwing me for a loop is perry i know um because obviously safia is not like a real like well she ran off to her hot yeah she's got her own like actual love interest she's got her own man's 
um, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I haven't seen you since the third grade. Where have you been? Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that tracks. Like, everyone leaves him. That's hilarious, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, this opens the door for their love, whatever. But then, like, he, it kept coming back to Perry. And so I was like, what's the deal? Like, what are we doing? I just I felt like there were too many hints at their budding love, and she just slapped me in the face. I could truly, like, cry about it. Like, I could write a thesis about it. I'm so yeah. distraught. Like, the tension was there. It's still there. I, I wasn't imagining it. <laughs> no! Uh, no, not at all. She literally, like you said, like, she's written all these, like, fucking crumbs. So I just have to believe there's... A stronger force at work and it's sarah j mass's brain it's just like the second ariadne said that i was like this has got to be it and then it wasn't whatever i'll get off of it but but it still hurts like it it just pissed me off because i thought it was gonna happen and it didn't but whatever (laughs) anyway maybe um, next book Maybe next time. <laughs> I'm going to have to seek out this fan fiction. It's out there somewhere. Someone else yeah. felt it too. We'll look into that. Um, I was so disappointed with Adis's role in this book. Unbelievably disappointed. Because book one, you have this fucking cool ass dude yeah. who has watched over Bryce since she was young. And basically like... Gave her the guidance she needed to set her life in a positive direction mm. and be independent and confident and whatever. And, like, she built this character up so much. They had such a cool fucking interaction when she, like, called to him through the um salt and whatever. And, like, clearly he was into her because he's like, I'll be whatever you want me to be. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, this is our love interest. Yeah. Didn't see him at all book two got yeah. nothing book two and, then I was and like, the only crumb we did get it turns out it wasn't even really him it wasn't it was Rigelous. yeah and so then it's like we get to book three and i was like this is it she's fucking leaving hunt's ass like this is fine but then we find out like no he was in love with a fucking genocidal maniac like who was selfish and a bitch and and he still stood, stands stood by, by that. You yeah. know that thing that's like, that's your man? It's like, mm-hmm, and I'm going to stand beside him. That's Adis. And, like, yeah, it doubled down. And he was like, Faye was bad, but so am I. And I was like, man, like, I had such high hopes for you. It sucks, though, because, like, the way, obviously, like, the way that Sarah has, like, written this um, mating bond, like, the mating yeah. bond is so strong and so powerful. I feel like that... It's so hard to, like, go against that instinct. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, I do kind of understand why he would still love her unconditionally. Because they were <laughs> mates. I do, too. Um, and he was still very kind and very helpful and whatever. And I thought the ending was very good to where, like, she didn't lead us on. Like, it was a clear end to their relationship. And he was strictly there to basically act as, like, a guide for her. It was just, I don't know. It was disappointing. It was. And it makes me sad, too, because, like, we get a little bit more of, like, the other princes of hell as well. And I didn't want things to be cut off for them. But, like, clearly, like, this gate is closing. She cannot open it again. Yeah. So, like, they're gone now. Like, they're they're left to their world and and Bryce and the rest of them are left to their own. Like, it's just over. And I just wanted more. I wanted more of them. I wanted more too, which means I guess I'll have to go reread Kingdom of the Wicked. 
And I wanted more of the Uncle Daddies and <laughs> the um, Uncle Daddies. Um, upon what a specifically wild storyline. First of all, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> we as brothers are also your fathers. We made you." And I'm like, "What? Mm-hmm. That was you, you that did was, what? That was brave, Sarah." Well, so <laughs> like, why did it have time, to be both? You could have just picked one. The whole time I was like, "Okay, it makes sense." Apollyon's your dad. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of guessed that. Yeah, it, I think we like, did talk about it that's when we cool, talked about like, the second book. If he truly, you know, somehow got with your mom, good for her, first of all. Good for her. Because <laughs> I'm trying to be her. <laughs> good for her. But then Thanatos was like, yeah, me too. I'm also, I'm like, you, you too. How so? Um, okay. And Hunt's like, did you both, like, sleep with my mom? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, basically, we're God and we virgin married her. Like, yeah. Um, Hunt was worried for a sec. He was like, wait, did you like cross swords or like what do you mean? <laughs> um, um and I, you know, I'm really still not sure about the logistics of what happened entirely. Well, it's all um, they're magical. They got magical powers and shit. So uh, that was kind of a letdown for me too, just like Hunt's whole lineage thing, because like the whole like the seer was like Bryce Quinlan's gonna be the death of you, blah blah. blah. And she's like, and um, if if you knew what he truly was, blah blah. And I'm like, okay, well, that was a letdown. Like, it didn't actually matter in the end. Yeah, you were made as a weapon for her. They're like, yeah, there. He was made for you, like so yeah. that you could take down the Asteri. Okay, but and then you fell in love too, and it's like, oh, yay. Okay, mm-hmm. love that for you guys. I don't know. Felt like good. Yeah. Which is, like, I mean, that kind of solidifies, again, like, they're not truly mates. Like, what they were feeling was, like, the fact that they were, they were, like, fated to, together, but not, like, in the tradition, the traditional But not necessarily sense. to fall in love. <laughs> not necessarily fall in love. They were, they were fated to find each other and work together, but they just mm. happened to fall in love also, which is sweet. Uh, yeah. But it confirms that they're not mates in the, <laughs> again, I keep wanting to say the traditional sense as if it's... <laughs> Brothers by fate, uncle daddies by choice. <laughs> oh my god, we just found the name of this episode. Uncle daddies by choice. Oh my god. Anyway, I hope they're doing well. Really pissed that like we only got to see them in this book, but whatever. Yeah, I wanted more of them. I want, you like, know what? A novella. A novella fine. would suffice, I feel. It's fine. Let's um... talk about the inner circle from Prithian. Yes. Um, I loved that whole part. You know, I, I loved that we got to kind of see or be reminded that they are cold blooded killers. They're actually so Um, scary. They're very scary. And don't you forget it. And I love it. I love the way she did this, too, because, like, at the end of book two, you know, she lands and Reese is like, oh, my God, like, welcome to Prithian. Like, I'm Reese Ann. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, it's all of our best friends. Like, cool. And then, like, all of a sudden she's in, like, a dungeon. A jail cell. <laughs> and he's like, you fuck around one time. Like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And You're going like, to fucking find cool. out, bitch. And Bryce is like, like, what happened? Bryce is quite... Literally shaking in her boots, uh, shaking in, in her, her neon, pink, neon pink, pink sneakers. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's like, I believe you. You are a scary fucker. That's the thing is, like, we get from Bryce's perspective, which I love. Like, we forget how truly yeah. scary Reese is because he 
not only is he the most powerful high lord in Prithian, he's but also for the most Bryce, handsome high lord. <laughs> yeah, so, so she's already gig. No, it's her cousin. Fuck off. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, not also only her brother. <laughs> it's her uncle, daddy. Not only is he extremely powerful in terms of Prithian, but Bryce has never seen the likes of a Prithian high fae before. Like yeah. she is, she is truly terrified of this man as she should be and i feel like we kind of forget that as readers that reese is not he he boyfriend he is so so scary well because we see everything through Feyre's like rose tinted glasses like it's it's all just like oh he i've never actually been scared of this man like i i love him and i'm like yeah me too (laughs) yeah and then bryce is like oh my god (laughs) you guys are fucking crazy like get me <laughs> out of here she's like oh he's got a mate is she well is she safe <laughs> you know that <laughs> tiktok it's like darling guess who's back from jail darling um yeah that's that's him you guys um scary. they're I hate all to scary they're all amran amran also scary asriel Azure is so like girly pop in this book. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually feel like the first time was not scared of him. I was like, oh my god. No, I think Bryce was also low-key fucking terrified of Azure yeah, and she Nesta. Be. He's very scary. Yeah. Nesta was a bad bitch. And when Nesta book. put on the mask too, <laughs> Bryce was like, oh. She's like, oh, we're in da-. she's like, I might actually die here. You know, against my will and better judgment, I am going to pass away in this cave. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bryce realized that she might have really fucked up when she tried to trap them with the worm and she came back and, and Nesta put on the mask and Bryce was like, oh no. There's worse things. <laughs> There's <laughs> bigger <worse> worms. <laughs> There's bigger worms to slay. Also, like, they were fucking shading on Feyre and it was cracking me up. They're like, well, fucking Feyre can do it, so can we. And I'm like, well to be fair she did it as a human (laughs) i know and it took all three of them i was like okay so what you're saying is Feyre is that bitch yeah which really puts the yeah that trial in perspective like no wonder that girl because when you think back to that trial everyone was floored when Feyre won it and so it really it really drives the point home also, I fucking loved whenever she was like mid and gone worm, like Midgard. And I was like, oh, she's just like me. She <laughs> is. She's like, we, oh my God, all of these she's things. She's like, I'm I just putting connect. it all together. And I'm like, me too. Ah, uh, I know. I love that Sarah is like so self aware too. <laughs> it's like, we're learning together. <laughs> I was so excited when they're like, look at all these clues. What do you think it can mean? I was like, I know what it means. It means we're going to find the truth. And like, they finally get to this wall and all of a sudden you're like in the prison. I was like, yes. I think what was so like jarring to me is that we, at this point, we're like less than a quarter of the way through the book. We're like chapter 22. And Sarah reveals it all. She was like, yep, you were right. You were all right. And then she was like, and guess what? Now you're not going to know a a single thing that's about to happen next. Well, no, she's like, not only you're right, here's a hologram that's going to tell you start to finish what happened up until this point. And I was like, okay, cool. And then like, like, but what now? Well, I'll tell you what now. What now is that she's 
just gonna pop the fuck off with people Yeah. dying and people She's like, there's a crazy bitch inside of a glass tomb on the bottom level of this prison, <laughs> and she's free now, and she's hungry. Um, and she wants to eat your powers I thought that was so funny. They're like, yeah, there's all sorts of bad things in here. It's kind of a spooky vibe. And then Bryce is like, yeah, there's something not right here. <laughs> <laughs> when she fucking unleashed that glass coffin I was like You bro dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> I was so mad <laughs> I was like what the fuck are you doing and then she had a plan I did love it though when the thing was like, oh, we made you and was like pointing at Asriel and I was like, yes what do you mean? What do you mean? because yeah like she was implying that he was like a made to serve her and I Yeah. was like ooh I was like, okay, so there's more that we'll talk we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um We'll have later. a theory corner. Yeah, don't worry, guys. <laughs> Um, I know you were worried. but like I loved everything with the inner circle. Um, I Same. loved all of it. So excited to see see my friends again, you know. My friends. <laughs> my friends, Speaking my of friends. friends, um, the rest of the frat pack, let's kind of just uh, like as a whole talk about them. Declan and Mark. I love their love. So cute. <laughs> I love them. They are they are perfect. They are helpful. We're rocking with Mark. We're rocking with Mark and Declan. Um, Yeah. love them. Flynn, I do I'm done love without him, him but and his attitude. here's the thing. Again, first and second book, big fan of Flynn. Third book, I'm kind of like, what what's your deal? And then obviously there's going to be something with Ariadne. If we see her again, If we ever see her again, we don't if know where she the comes fuck back, she went. Yeah. So I guess that's all I really wanted to Also, touch on. they need better friends because, like, they were missing for, like, a while. And Rune was like, they'll turn up. Well, the thing is, Rune was like very much like I'm trying trying to get it in with bang his fate. this <laughs> girl. And then also Bryce was like, I'm actually going to leave you two here. I hope you don't die. But I do need to see what's on the other side of this cavern. Team Cave. Um, Team Caves did leave... Uh, Deck, Deck and Flynn, like, high and dry. Yeah, because they're team archives, you know, Um, different team. they were doing their best. They got stolen. <laughs> Like, but did they live? they didn't die. Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> but did you die? surprisingly, no one died except for Jessica. Um, oh, poor one's Jessica out. did die. Um... But she wanted to die. She was She ready did. to die. She was, she's so old, you know? Like She's what, 15,000 so old. years or some I shit? was so glad when we finally <clears throat> got her backstory. yeah, because I was wondering what, what was going on. She grew her platinum weave and said, surprise, like, <laughs> I am actually 15,000 years old. and have personal beef with Apollyon, the prince of the pit. I know, I was like, good for you. Like, what's the history there? Uh, you know what? I wanted their <laughs> love story. you know, like, there's something <laughs> we don't know here. Enemies to <laughs> lovers, except Except that'll never now she's happen dead, because so. she's dead. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. maybe She in wanted her dreams, to be dead. It's fine. in She's whatever. reunited with her with her friends and family. Oh my God, I know. And like, honestly, that was, that was probably the redeeming part of this book. Did it make sense? No, because they said Danica was gone forever. Um, and then she wasn't.
And Hypaxia is like, that's because we have the power of love and friendship on our side. And also, <laughs> I yeah. am in charge of this bitch. So. Hypaxia is like, well, I'm in charge now and I'm benevolent. She's like, I actually yoinked her back through wherever she was. Um, but only her. Everyone else can get fucked. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the rest of you. Um, Pack of Devils, they're here too. They're all waving like they were at the end of book one. Thought that was cute. You know who wasn't there, though? Connor? Fucking Cormac. Oh, wait. No, Cormac. Oh, fuck. Dude, it was, like, the end of um, The Rise of Skywalker. Spoilers for, for everyone who hasn't oh. seen it. Um, whenever, like, all the Force ghosts of the Skywalker family were, like, surrounding Rey, and they were like, yeah, you're a Skywalker now. But Kylo Ren wasn't there. Ben, ben Solo wasn't there. That's how well, I felt at the end of this. Yeah, I just I felt like they were kind of done dirty. They were. I feel that Cormac and Sophie deserve so much better. I feel like I wish we had closure. They gave a lot. They gave their lives. They died. <laughs> They're and they dead now. And they couldn't even be like happy waving ghosts at the end of this goddamn book. Like God, Sarah. Like Jesus, Jesus Christ. You're kind of heartless. It's fine. Um, I kind of wish Baxian had died only so that he could be reunited with Danica. I don't. That's fair. I don't think he probably wanted to live. Also, they kind of just left him. They're like, hey, you're in charge of this island now. They're like, can you prevent civil unrest for us? Thanks. We're going to go live our lives now. It's Good like, Vaccine's kind of got some stuff he's working through. Yeah, I'm and sure. they just kind of left him and they were like, okay, don't Good call luck. us. Yeah, like lose our number because we're trying to go forget about this war. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like, I felt, I kind of felt really bad for Baxi. Yeah. I mean, like, who does he have? And they just fucking... He has him. no one. They made him chew off someone's hand yeah. and then <laughs> left him to be the new fucking warden of Valen. And they're like, good luck. These people are wily. They're like, like these people are assholes. You're gonna want to murder them, but don't. But we kind of need you to not. I really thought, like, I thought it would have been really, really nice if he had gotten to fight in the battle at the very end, died heroically, and mm. then when Jessica gave her life, they saw him it, with, with Annika oh. in what the shrouded mists of the Bone Quarter. I, I want that. That would have been very nice. I want that now. I wish that happened. And they're like, nope, sorry, you get to be in charge of these bitch asses. Like, I wish. I wish dead. now. Fuck. God damn. Yeah, I feel like that would have been really good. <sighs> yeah, it would have. Oh, whatever. Lastly, we have the I just want to like lump them all together, the Fae Kings and the Murder Twins. <gasps> Did you notice that the Murder Twins names changed from book 2 to book 3? No. Um, I'll have to find it, but their names are different. Oh. Like, they called them two different... Like, Cormac called them something, and then they were called something different in this book. Okay. That's Which odd. I thought was really funny. Interesting. I guess maybe they just have a, a couple didn't nicknames. like those names, so I yeah. changed them. I guess you could... I don't know. But they sucked. The, the I, I kind of liked them. Oh, I hated them. I'm just them. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> they, they reminded me of Branna and Dagday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Akatar. Um, yeah, hated them. Hated the fake kings, both of them. I loved when Bryce shoved the Autumn King in a closet and was like, good fucking luck. 
Good for y'all. Do you See like you later. how he was like trying to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, you're not doing what I want. Fuck you. Yeah, because like, like that just goes to anyway. show. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> God, fuck you. It just goes to show what a manipulative piece of shit he really was. Yeah, no, he was. He deserved to die. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. And I'm sure Ember is so glad he's dead. Ember certainly w- didn't lose sleep about it. Like, Bryce told her she was dead, and she was like, oh. Uh, okay. And even in, like, the bonus chapter, she was like, wow, I can't believe she killed him. Good for her. That's yeah. my daughter. That's my girl. That's my girl. Ember's um, such a supportive mother, and we'll talk more about that. such a fucking queen. I love her. Ugh. Love Ember. But yeah, hate the Elysiana. Elysiana has uh, great fan art I of know. Ember and Randall as well. So good. Um, I was going to say, oh, really, side note. So you know how their names are Branna and Dagden? Do you think Dagden is somehow related to the Daglin and the King of Hybern knew them? Ooh. We'll circle back to that. So yeah, that kind of wraps up the characters. Uh, there's a lot of characters, a lot of people we didn't cover. Ariadne the dragon, the fire sprites, the queen of the fire sprites. Glad we got to see her again. Also, Lahaba was at. Oh she was yeah, this Danica's shoulder. That really that makes up for the fact that Baxian didn't get to yeah, join them because Lahaba was there, mm-hmm. and she's my queen. That really brought things full circle for me. It did. It it. It made it all worth it. It did. It was like, oh, Lahaba. Well, first of all, Lahaba's at peace, which is like, and a she got bomb to, to my heart. Well, because they always said like the fire sprites don't get sailings because they're uh, lessers, and Hypaxia was like, nope, just kidding. Everybody gets to come here, and she did. Let the record show that I'm actually crying. Right <laughs> it's so nice. Lahaba means everything to me. She means so much to me. She is the symbol of freedom in this book. Like the <laughs> fire sprites are so important to me in this book. And I'm so glad they got the representation they deserved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let the record also show that I am tipsy right now. <laughs> I'm like a little drunk, but that's fine. Uh, but now we're going to talk about some thoughts and concerns. Let's start with things that we liked. We always like to start on a positive note. Yeah, um, some of the stuff we've actually we've already touched bit. on. Yeah, quite a bit. Oh, one of the things I want to talk about is at the beginning something that I liked when Bryce was in the caves with Nesta and Azriel. I loved seeing Nesta and Azriel's interactions with each other because I feel like yes. we didn't really in the Avatar books we haven't yet really seen their friendship specifically and like that thing yeah. too with like his mom when like it's kind of implied that she sucks and he like he's like no like she was she was great like that moment of tension between Nesta and Azriel mm-hmm. where they're like they find like this camaraderie with each he other he cares so deeply for her and like I don't like obviously she has Emery and she has Gwen but like I think Asriel just understands her in a way that even Cassian doesn't understand her which oh my god we got things to say about that too oh my god okay anyway um but yeah no and like you do see that a little bit in Silver Flames too like their budding relationship but Mm -hmm. yeah like it it just obviously has gotten so much deeper since then and And that when Nesta has the mask on to defeat the Midgard war 
midden guard worm because Bryce is an asshole and <laughs> tricks them into <laughs> finding it. Um, he's like, Nesta, take off the mask. Like Cassian's waiting for you. Reese, Sarah, Nix, whoever the fuck Nyx, else he like, lists. <laughs> yeah. My nephew. That's my nephew. My baby. Um, yes. Just their budding friendship is everything to me. Also, in the bonus chapter with them, um, like, when Bryce is, like, playing the music and stuff, I thought that was so pure. It was. Um, because they both can relate to music. Um, and, like, it's very healing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, even, like, Asriel will go to, like, readers and stuff to listen to the music because it, like, calms him and stuff. But Nesta also uses it as, like, an emotional crutch. And so Bryce, like, showing them all the different kinds of stuff that they may like and, like, stuff they've never heard before and, like, how Azriel's, like, humming the tunes and stuff. So, like, I don't know. It was so cute. It's so cute. And I think what's, like, the cutest of all is the fact that Azriel was straight up vibing to the club music. <laughs> Azriel, you a club rat? I was He's like, <laughs> Um, speaking of bonus chapters, just while we're talking about things that we loved, the other bonus chapter that I thought was perfect was the Rune and Lydia wedding. Yes. Um, seek that out if you haven't already. It it's so cute. She oh, she put it all together for you. It was so cute. It was like, I mean, it couldn't have been it couldn't have been better. And that's like really the the first like Sarah J. Mass like wedding that we've gotten. Yeah. Like, and it was it is. beautiful and perfect. And it was for two, it was for a couple that the entire like fandom is so head over heels for. I was for. rooting for them so hard. Yeah. So that was really good. And then also the, the Hunt and Bryce chapter, uh, there were parts of it okay. that were hard for me to get into because I, I was I mad about like their them. relationship. Yeah. But the fucking lettuce babies, <laughs> like kill me every time and like the fact that it had Hunt's face on it she had him cherubified and like she was like giving it little like tiny people voices and like oh my (laughs) gosh I was like crying laughing it was so funny to me because Bryce is hilarious Uh, that much we can say for sure the lettuce babies are just like Ember is such a goddess also, her bonus chapter, incredible. Like, that was really good. It was probably my favorite chapter in that whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, and also when she's leaving Prithian and yeah. she, like, gives Nesta, like, that long hug. And, like, like I think Nesta truly was, like, devastated she was leaving because she's never had a, a strong mother figure in her life. And Ember's everyone's mom. <laughs> like, Ember, I think, could understand that, like, she needed not her to, like, be a mom, but to just be present and, like, offer that comfort to her, especially because when she got over there, Nesta, I mean, had given Bryce a mask. Like, she had given her a weapon of mass destruction, (laughs) and Ember was like, you saved my baby, and she's like, but I can also tell that like it came from a good place and like that you need someone to talk to in this moment and she's like so why don't we go ahead and sit down and like talk about it and the way first of all let the record show that I'm crying again she is crying again (laughs) Um, but the way that Ember stood up for Nesta when no one else did when no one else did not even fucking Cassian She's like, yeah, even Cassian is mad at me right now, and Reese wants my head, and the only person standing in between me and him right now is Feyre and Ember. You know what 
what she really said is she said Cassian was the angriest of all. And I was like, okay, like, I hope if it comes to it where Reese, like, is actually trying to, like, fucking kill you, like, he's at least going to stand up for you. But I don't know if he would. You would hope. You would fucking hope. Because I think he was thinking of it from, like, a military perspective mm-hmm. and, like, Nesta basically, like, went against all of them with an enemy. Nesta was thinking about it from the perspective of she, Nesta and Bryce are, again, so many parallels can be drawn yeah. between them. So, like, and if I was they, in her shoes. Yeah, they understand each other. They're like, what would you do? Would you become the bad guy to save your family? Yeah. Yes, both of them would. And she's done it. And Nesta's done it before. Um, And, and so- she'll do it again. And I think Ember recognizes that in her because Ember is always willing to become the villain to save, like, the people she loves, too. Like, she would kill for her children. Um, God, the the Ember-Nesta storyline just... It was very beautiful. And it was. It, it meant a lot to me. And I'm very excited to see, like, what Nesta does with that, like, positivity, too. Because I, I think that... They talked, and we didn't get to see all of it, too, but when Ember was leaving, she was like, you know, I hope you find exactly what you're looking for, which I was very touching. I don't know. It made and me- that has me, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit in Theory Corner, but it has me kind of theorizing about some things for our girl, Nesta. You know what else I thought was, like, super funny? What? Um, <laughs> well, okay, so Hypaxia had all these vials, right? <laughs> and she was like, don't fucking shake these, drop them, whatever. They are so fragile. Can I just interject really quick, yeah. though? Yeah. Can we say, why did she give them glass files? She I could have given them plastic. Okay, but continue. I don't know. So we got fuck off Ethan, who just shatters them because he's <laughs> running in troops and falls. And then so Darian <laughs> gets his little paws on some and he's like, don't fucking break these. Like, blah, blah, blah. Tri- also breaks every last one of them it's like who like out of all the people in this book who could be given any form of responsibility it's not those two and somehow those two are the ones that ended up with the vials they're like you know who we need to give our secret weapon to fucking tweedledee and tweedledum and whatever and the sunball sunball mascot and I did think that was truly hilarious, but also it frustrated me beyond belief because I was like, what God. the fuck? <laughs> like, looking back on it, I was just like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that they did that because, th- of course, they were going to fumble the bag. Like, <laughs> And I can't even judge because me, myself, like, I broke my leg walking down a sidewalk. Like, I have, tr- I truly have no room to judge these men. But who I'm really judging is the people in charge. The people that were like, yeah, let's give them the vials because they're capable. Yeah. But they're not. I Like, it cracked. Like, oh, my God. I was like, that was so on brand. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So now that we talked. Oh, there's some other things. Uh, No, not really. No, we, cu- we touched on everything already. Yeah. So we'll talk about now some things that just weren't our favorite and and some of these um we'll we'll probably have already touched on but I do want to kind of just bring to our attention I felt and I think a lot of people felt that the book was a little bit rushed mm-hmm. and 
it canonically took place over the course of like 10 days, which is yeah. wild. And in I some ways they that were makes in sense. the dungeons for like months. No, no they were there for like, like five days, days and they were already days. biting each other's hands off. Yeah, which I would be too. Like five yeah. days. That's plenty but for me. But it's like like not a lot of time had passed. No, but I would mentally I would crack in a dungeon after 12 hours. Yeah, like so. same day. Same day. <laughs> um, I cannot withstand torture. But yeah. I I just feel like that's just a, a criticism that a few people have and it just felt rushed. Yeah, it just um I feel like sh- we could have mapped out the book a little bit better maybe um because like not only did we get literally everything we wanted right off the rip but like just the whole battle at the very end didn't feel like it was very well thought out and like the whole way they got rid of the Asteri I didn't really like I thought it was cool that it was a black hole because there's stars and like black holes eat stars and so like that mm-hmm. in itself was neat imagery but it's like oh yeah this this sword and this dagger creates a fucking black hole. And it's like, yeah. oh. Like, why? Okay. You know, and I, I like what you said about that. Because there are, like, some parts of it that are good. But back to, like, the pacing really quick. Because I feel like why this book is, like, a little bit jarring is because the first and second book both feel really drawn out. Mm-hmm. And they feel like so much has happened, but nothing has happened. And then this third book, it's like, oh, my God, you can't even take a breath. Yeah. So I think, like, when you put the, the entire series together, like, then that's when it feels a little bit out of place. The thing that's, like, crazy, though, is, like, yes, like, so much was happening that you couldn't breathe, but it's, like, none of it was important. Yeah. It was Especially just anxiety the fucking inducing. Ethan and Therian storylines, they were yeah. pissing me the fuck off. It's, like, some of it, I like, it didn't matter that it was there. And, like, with, again, with the Asteria, like, I just, I feel like we didn't get enough of them for me to, like, fear them, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. they talked about Rigelus a lot, but they didn't really talk about any of the others. And they didn't really talk about, like, their powers and, like, I I know how, like, when the Fae came over, they tricked them into thinking they were, you know, their kind and whatever. But I just wasn't bought into it. No, that's like fair. I wasn't scared of them. I wasn't scared. Of th- I was more scared of Reese and the inner circle. This book than yeah, I was the Asteri. Like, they kept saying how they were like these big bads and stuff, and like the battle was hard. But it's like, why? Like, what did they do? How did they get? How did they become so powerful? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't really know anything about them. No, I mean, all we have to go off is is the the lore. Yeah, like yeah. Well, at this point, like. I think maybe because they're so comfortable because they've, like, created this parasite that, like, does Mm -hmm. all the work for them. They don't really have to do the heavy lifting anymore. And so maybe that's why they don't seem scary now because they've gotten kind of lax, like, over the the centuries or whatever because they're like, oh, we've created this system where it's very hands-off and we don't have to do anything. And so maybe that's kind of contributing to them not feeling very like intense because they're they're very at this point relaxed and hands-off and they think nothing can stop them yeah i guess like i'm just thinking about like some of the other bad guys we've seen in some of our other books like amarantha was fucking scary the king of hybrid he was scary yeah some of the villains in throne of glass that we'll talk about later they were terrifying yeah and it's like with these it's like we just didn't really get a lot of interaction with them until the very end of book two 
And yeah. then the battle in book three. And that was it. You're right. I mean, yeah, because even like uh, Rigelus, he like presents himself too as like a teenage. He's fae. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I'm like, not scared of him. I'm not scared of him at all. Like he's a little, he's a little, little, little skinny, puss. skinny emo white kid. Like, yeah. Um, I did think it was really funny. They're just doing like all these weird ass like. Well, I, I didn't really like it either. Like, they're like, oh, they're experimenting on people with hence lightning. And it's just the harpy. And the harpy is actually on camera just eating people. But then they kill her so quick. And it's like, like what was the whole point of, like, them stealing hence lightning? That was another thing is, like, yeah. And it goes back to everything just feeling, feeling rushed because, well, and that's the thing is, like, does the book feel rushed because we're adding in all these things that don't actually, like, further the plot? But that didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't it didn't change a single outcome. Except for the guards got eaten. I'm sure they feel Dude, affected. I don't know why that like tickled me so bad, but they were <laughs> like, what is that? They're like, oh my God, it's the harpy just munching on these guards. It's the harpy. She is a zombie now and she is eating people. She is eating them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I did love it for just just for that reason. Just yeah, so we got that little moment. That. I was like, thank you. That's amazing. Also, did you notice how they kind of, like, like abandoned their adopted child? Like, Ember and Randall le- just left their kid well, with, like, strangers? It, because they, to be fair, they thought they were just, like, going on, like, a quick little day trip. I know, but Bryce was like, he'll be fine. <laughs> but what was fucked up, yes, yeah, that Bryce knew. Bryce knew what she was doing. And Ember and Randall were very pissed about that. They yeah. were like, oh, you, we left Cooper right. because you had your little plot to shove us into It's just like another Bryce world. went through all this trouble to rehome this child who's been abandoned. His family's dead. And then they, she abandoned him again. Yeah. And well, she was fully prepared to commit to that too. Because she's like, if shit hits the fan, at least my parents are safe. I'm like, what about Cooper? That's the thing about Bryce though is... She's kind of ruthless. And like, I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. I think it's it's one of those those gray areas of her character that makes you like, what was like, are you kid. willing to do? Well, and yeah. I know she thought he was like protected and avowed and stuff, but what if one day it wasn't? I don't think she was thinking that far ahead. I don't know. It just I was like, oh, so you're just gonna leave him, I guess. Yeah. And she even that's the thing. Again, it's Sarah's writing is is good here because Bryce even she thinks all of these things. She has all these thoughts. She's like, "This is really fucked up what I'm doing," but like, I'm doing but I'm it, anyway. Do it anyway. Yeah. So again, it's just a very <laughs> layered, complicated character that Sarah has created, and yeah, it it leaves a lot open for discussion. Guys, I don't know. I, it didn't sit right with me. I agree. I think that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> I do also want to talk about, like, some of these plot holes as well. Not even plot holes. Maybe it's things that, like, she will potentially talk about in future books that, I don't know, they just, they weren't answered at the time that I Mm -hmm. think should have been, maybe. So the first one's about Fury. Um, Okay. So, like, this whole time she's been alluding to the fact that, like, Fury is, like, something other and blah, blah, blah. And, like, June and Fury were basically nowhere to be seen this whole book. Um, They were also left on this island because (laughs) I think that's where all the side characters she forgot about kind of went to die. And went to live. 
in which live. So <laughs> we don't know anything about her. No. I, I still don't know anything about her. Like, there was this whole thing with, like, Amber. She was like, oh, Fury looks like Amron. Anyway, and it's like, what? what is Fury? Mm -hmm. Is Fury going to get her own book? Ooh. Maybe, like, I don't know. I'm not really that interested in them. I kind of just wanted, like. Maybe a novella. Maybe. I just, I wanted to know. And I'm I know. kind of afraid maybe she forgot. Well, and, oh, speaking of forgetting, uh, Victoria is at the bottom of the East Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking everyone gets a happy ending. Victoria is scared and she doesn't even know the world kind of ended a little bit. Yeah, she's like, I get For I all mean, she knows, Mike is still alive. Just another day down here. And Sarah's like, yep, see you never. You know yeah. what else I thought was like really weird is that at the end of this, they're like, yeah, we're also going to run out of power soon. And we're gonna live in like the dark ages. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> well, what I think what bothers me most about that is like, can they not invent electricity? Like, you, <laughs> you're able to like figure all these things out. They're like, oh yeah, uh, like zero dark thirty is rapidly approaching. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, that's pretty wild. Like, and I, I guess maybe it's setting us up for like the next book that she writes is like, maybe, oh, maybe that'll be a like, big like. There's like all the non-believers. Yeah, I, the conspiracy theorists of like, Midgard. We're not gonna run out of power. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. I was like, oh, cool. So they're gonna like live in the dark ages. Yeah, I it would be like a Valen. At that point, you might as well have just gone to Prithian. The thing is, like, clearly there are ways to adapt because, like, in Prithian, they have like shit, like magic power shit like yeah the thing is it out. the fae in midgard are less powerful than prithians so that's kind of part of the issue well unless they all have that like that like, yeah that's the thing too that i'm a little confused on because it seems like in akatar like prithian is described as like the land itself has a lot of power and i don't really know whether or not midgard does maybe it does without the influence of the Asiri. Yeah. But it seems like a less strong power of, like, the actual world itself. Yeah, maybe they really do, like, draw power from the land. And so... Because they, like, brought all, like, the fan stuff. They aren't from Midgard. So, like, I right. think maybe Midgard itself doesn't have, like, the magic that Prithian does. Well, that makes sense, too, because even in Throne of Glass, it's kind of the same thing. Like, there was magic on one part of it, but not the other. And that's because they drew power from the land. Yeah. Okay. Tracks. I like it. Um, obviously they're going to talk more about Ariadne. She was at the end of the book, but also I kind of felt like it was weird that she just disappeared. <laughs> Where'd she the go? The Viper Queen was like, yeah, I sold her. It's like, oh, cool. To, to him. him. And I'd love like, to know. I'm back, bitch. I can't tell you who bought me, but I'm back. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like right at the end when we fucking needed you, like, okay. Yeah. Like, honestly, you couldn't have showed up a little sooner. Or... Like, apparently your dragon fire is pretty powerful, so... Could have used that. Fuck is that? Um, and where's Brune's mom? <laughs> is, is she good? I think just still living maybe in with the Fae, just hanging out. Well, so, like, they get married and stuff at the end. <laughs> and she's there. not invited. They're like, fuck you. Like, did we for Did she die and we didn't know? Like... I, that's a great question. I hope she's okay. Maybe she was at the wedding and maybe just they wasn't... sent her to a valid. I don't know. I don't know why they would bother at this point with the Asiri like actually gone. He was like, "I love my mother so much. It's like enough to not invite her to your wedding." 
I guess he didn't plan the wedding. Oh my god, what if Lydia didn't know she existed? (laughs) She might not. I mean, he wouldn't have known she had sons if it wasn't for the fucking war. It's so true. They don't, they really don't know each other. (laughs) They're just kind of like, they're basically strangers. But I fully support it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I love them so much. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, Just like the Viper Queen kind of being a letdown, I guess. Like, I don't know. Some of like the, like the astronomer, like, sucked. His, like, his character was pointless. Like, the Viper Queen's character was pointless. The Under King was pointless. Like, they're all kind of. She just oh. she killed all of them off. The Under King. Do you think he's one of Erewhon's brothers? Oh, maybe. Um, there's like a line that basically like says. I kind of thought he was like a death god, the way like the Bone Carver in Striga and like Coast Jr. Maybe there was a specific line that I'm thinking of. This is a scene. Um, like basically right before Hypaxia kills him she mm-hmm. she says but you're not from hell the underking says no I was birthed by the void but my people they were not no they were not unknown to your own ancestors wolf I crept through when they charged so blindly into Midgard this place is much better suited to my needs than the caves and barrows I was confined to the Ethan reeled wise. you came from the shifters world and then the underking says you were not known as shifters then boy Oh my god, I didn't think about that. So I think, yes, I think he is... A Valor um, Prince? Yeah, he could be, or or one of Erewhon's brothers. Okay, see, I also was thinking about, like, the like in the Barrow Whites, they have that cave that has, like, that creature in it that also came through the rift when the Valg did, so maybe it's one of those. This, like, actually, this out. Reddit post, because I just looked it up for this like, yeah. quote from the book, this Reddit post does think that the Underking is a Barrow White. A Barrow White, yeah. Yeah, so I could see that as well. But obviously, he is from, like, the Throne of Glass universe. Yeah. Oh my god. I in some guess way. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was very quick. It was, like, right before they kill him. I love um, that. But yeah, I honestly, I, I kind of like the Barrow White one better. Yeah. A little bit. It fits a little like, bit Like, basically how, like, the spiders and shit, like, were, like, the handmaidens of, like, the Valg Queen and stuff. Like, yes. Maybe he was, like, a side pick to the Valg. And that would make sense why it was so easy for him to get killed. Like, because if he was one of Erewhon's brothers, it would be, be really hard to kill him. Kind of hard to kill him, yeah. Because, like, think of what, you know, with yeah. no spoilers, but think about how hard that would be. Um, <laughs> I love how we have to speak so cryptically <laughs> because we haven't discussed Throne anyway, of Glass yet. Anyway, I should read Throne of Glass. Anyways, read Throne of Glass. That's your homework. And we're going to move on to talking about some theories. We've already kind of talked about some of these things. I want to like talk about this one I've been seeing like people discussing on TikTok. People are saying they think that like Nesta and Cassian are actually not endgame, even though they're mates. Oh. Because of how the things we were talking about earlier, like where he's just really not supporting her, he's really not. You know who would have valuing her? Eris would have supported her. Eris would have supported. Eris would have supported my girl. I yeah, I don't know that I. I love oh. Eris and like they do have chemistry. They danced at they yeah the ball. Like, Eris was ready to risk it all for her okay and like they are kindred spirits and i stand them still to this day i have nothing against cassian like at all no i love cassian 
but like, I think Harris he doesn't. Nesta made sense. I I love Cassian. Like, do not get me wrong. I love him so much, but he also doesn't understand Nesta. And they are obviously, they are pulled together by this mating bond. I understand they are mates. But Reese even said sometimes the mating bond doesn't mean you're right for each other. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they're not. His own parents loved each other for a little bit, but then realized they weren't, like, they were meant to breed, basically. Yeah, like, the cauldron's just like, yeah, repopulate. I, I think Nesta and Cassian just, they don't fully mesh no i kind of like that yeah and the thing is like i at this point like it's nothing like i want the best for them both but i kind of think like the best thing for both of them might not be each other in the long run yeah i also i think a lot's in store for nesta as well so obviously like ember kind of alluded to the fact that like she should know her worth and like she's excited to see what she does and what what they talked about which we don't know what they talked about mm-hmm. um so i i do think now that nesta has the star sword and azriel has the dagger back like the sword and the dagger are reunited again and so they're gonna do some crazy shit i, I think they're gonna use it to send coast back to wherever he goes i don't mm. know um yeah because obviously um, he's kind of the next big bad in their universe i i do think it is kind of setting up her next story but also asriel's next story maybe they'll end up together oh my god um that would no wouldn't that be crazy (laughs) (laughs) no i think that would upset some people (laughs) (laughs) wow um um no yeah i'm not sure i would want that asriel's got too much on his plate already he's asriel's already juggling bitches yeah he's (laughs) He's got his own shit to work through here. Um, He's already re-gifting necklaces to to his second choice hose. I do think they are both going to be very important. It's the same with Asriel. Like, whenever they were talking to the Asteri that was, like, hidden in the coffin or whatever, she kept, like, telling him, like, oh, we made your kind, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Asriel is likened to the warrior that fought on top of Ramiel. I'm pretty sure his name is Analius. Um... Mm -hmm. I think that is going to have something to do with his backstory. So. Yes. Agreed. Um, can I just say, let the record show that I'm fully drunk now. Oh, slay. Yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> just, I'm just, trying to get, I'm trying to get through this. It makes <laughs> sense. I just wanted everyone to, to understand where I'm coming from oh for the rest of this episode. No, this is where we come up with our best ideas. Um, uh, and then also like the yeah. oh, Reese and Bryce are yes. technically cousins. Because they are both descended from Selene. And that means that Reese is heir to the Dust Court, which... Well, they're both descended from Thea. Oh, Thea. Thea, sorry. Reese is descended from Selene. From Selene, and uh, Bryce is descended from the other one. Helena. Yeah, sorry. My bad. But, yes, they... Thea would be their their shared ancestor. Yeah. Um, but that does kind of throw some things for a loop because we had theorized that the Archeron sisters were somehow the lost descendants of the Dusk Court, but it's actually Resand. Which, I mean, that kind of does lead me into this theory. So, Amran in Silver Flames, like, had the, kind of this little side combo with him and basically was like, you should just take over all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, there were high kings once. 
like do it again. And so, but then they, he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not for me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, interesting that we just kind of threw that comment in here. So now that we know Resand is heir to not only the Night Court, but also the Dust Court, like, I think he very well could make an argument for taking it all over. And not to mention that he is, like, they put such an emphasis on the fact that he is the most powerful High Lord. Right. Um, it's In almost history. Like- yeah, in history. So, like, not only is, like, his line, like, he has, like, this this right to the Dusk Court and this right to be the High King of Prithian, but he's he also got Feyre. the power to back it up. Oh, and Feyre, yeah. Like, yeah. because she is, she is completely, it's like they're, they're part she's of She's one prophecy. of every court. Yeah, like, like, they're basically fulfilling a prophecy because she's got, yeah, power from every single court. She is maid. She's cauldron maid. Mm-hmm. He is the most powerful High Lord in history, the rightful heir to the Dust Court. And it just sort of is like everything's falling into place. And I think if not Feyre and Reese, it'll be Nyx. <gasps> oh, my God. It could potentially be Nyx. Our little and baby boy. And that was, like, another thing, like, the Bone Carver was doing. Like, maybe he was showing Feyre her future, but he was also showing one of her children because it's going to be, like, a key player. The High King books. of Prithian. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, that would make, for the same reasons that it would make sense for it to be Feyre and Reese, it would also make sense for it to be their descendant because, right. like, everything's kind of culminating into this one and like everything's also, lighting up. So whenever she destroyed like the tomb or whatever of Peleus, um, mm-hmm. Avalon went back to normal, which means that it's it's potentially the um prison also went back to normal. Mm. Um so I mean there could be a legit court to rule over now. Yeah. <gasps> And so, like, it's like Sarah setting up the next Akatar book. Yeah. Like, this the crazy thing happened. All of a sudden, the prison is once again a thriving island. <laughs> but I'm also afraid that means that, like, everything that's in there got out. Got released. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. And then so... that means that Reese is going to be even more fucking pissed at Nesta. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot that could potentially happen in the next couple. Because I think there's two more Akatar books, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think um... you're right. So a lot's going to happen there, but she's also working on a brand new series. Oh, so girl. I'm wondering if it has something to do with, like, Nick's maybe. That would be so crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to see. Um, but it all, co- it all comes back to Akatar. Like, it all goes to the fucking top here, guys. It does. It's funny because, um, like, it's her second series, but it feels like it's the foundation. You know, honestly, that makes so much sense to me, too. Like... I don't know about you, but when you were reading these books, like, I just, I felt nothing but anxious. Yeah. Like, the entire time I read Crescent City, like, I was just anxious. Yeah. Especially this most recent book. But yeah, Yeah. there were, like, for the first and second book, for the most part, yeah. But there were moments, I feel like in the first and second book, there were moments of reprieve where you were like, oh, this is chill. But the third book, no, there were none. Yeah. But it's, like, then I think of, like, Akatar, and it does not matter how crazy it gets or whatever. Like, like I find comfort in it's those cozy. books. It's cozy. And, like, I, I think it always is just going to go back to that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always going to go back to Akatar. Yeah. Back to this Cassie and Nesta thing. Elaine literally saw Cassian's death. Yeah. She was so like, like, it won't be that easy to kill me. And Elaine's like, yes, it will. So, like, he could still die. 
And that's why him and Nesta aren't like in game. That would actually really hurt my feelings because I love Cassian, but like he could like he could die. I don't know. There's a lot to like consider you know, here. You know what would really hurt is if he dies before before him and Nesta have like closure with each other. And I oh kind of feel like I kind of feel like she might do that because she's done it before. And again, I'm not gonna name I can't name I can't go into You're details. So right. But fuck, she's done it before. And if you mm. all haven't read Throne of Glass, you need to. You're right. You're so right. I kind of feel like there could be some unresolved things and like and he ends up dying. Okay. <laughs> and now well, I'm going to cry again. Well, not to take away from Crescent City. But, <laughs> uh, that that does wrap up our discussion. Um, So if any new books do come out, uh, we will definitely revisit this series. But for now, I mean, that that concludes it. Yeah. As far as we know, the book's closed on Crescent City for now, but join us next week as we do an installment of Goodreads Bad Reviews for House of Flame and Shadow, which (laughs) I think is going to be a real treat, me personally. I'm excited. The week after that, we are going to be doing, um, as part of like to celebrate Women's History Month, we are going to be doing an installment of Too Long Didn't Read over Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Very because, excited. you know, it's about women written by a woman. So we will be- For women. For women. Um, so we'll be discussing that one. So go ahead, get started on that book. If you haven't already, we'll talk to you next time. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.